Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 4. The Engine Burglar. Part 4. The very next morning, Bobby began to watch her opportunity to get Peter's engine mended secretly, and the opportunity came the very next afternoon. Mother went by train to the nearest town to do shopping. When she went there, she always went to the post office, perhaps to post her letters to father, for she never gave them to the children or Mrs. Viney to post, and she never went to the village herself. Peter and Phyllis went with her. Bobby wanted an excuse not to go, but try as she would, she couldn't think of a good one. And just when she felt that all was lost, her frock caught on the big nail by the kitchen door, and there was a great criss-cross tear all along the front of the skirt. I assure you this really was an accident. So the others pitied her and went without her, for there was no time for her to change because they were already rather late, and had to hurry to the station to catch the train. When they had gone, Bobby put on her everyday frock and went down to the railway. She did not go into the station, but she went along the line to the end of the platform, where the engine is, when the down train is alongside the platform, the place where there are a water tank and a long, limp leather hose like an elephant's trunk. She hid behind a bush on the other side of the railway. She had the toy engine done up in brown paper, and she waited patiently with it under her arm. Then, when the next train came in and stopped, Bobby went across the metals of the upline and stood beside the engine. She had never been so close to an engine before. It looked much larger and harder than she had expected, and it made her feel very small indeed, and somehow very soft, as if she could very, very easily be hurt rather badly. I know what silkworms feel like now, said Bobby to herself. The engine driver and fireman did not see her. They were leaning out on the other side, telling the porter a tale about a dog and a leg of mutton. If you please, said Roberta, but the engine was blowing off steam and no one heard her. If you please, Mr. Engineer, she spoke a little louder but the engine happened to speak at the same moment, and of course Roberta's little soft voice hadn't a chance. It seemed to her that the only way would be to climb onto the engine and pull at their coats. The step was high, but she got her knee on it and clambered into the cab. She stumbled and fell on hands and knees on the base of the great heap of coals that led up to the square opening in the tender. The engine was not above the weaknesses of its fellows. It was making a great deal more noise than there was the slightest need for, and just as Roberta fell on the coals, the engine driver, who had turned without seeing her, started the engine, and when Bobby had picked herself up, the train was moving. Not fast, but much too fast for her to get off. All sorts of dreadful thoughts came to her altogether in one horrible flash. There were such things as express trains that went on, she supposed, for hundreds of miles without stopping. Suppose this should be one of them. How would she get home again? She had no money to pay for the return journey. And I've no business here. I'm an engine burglar, that's what I am, she thought. I shouldn't wonder if they could lock me up for this. And the train was going faster and faster. There was something in her throat that made it impossible for her to speak. She tried twice. The men had their backs to her. They were doing something to things that looked like taps. Suddenly, she put out her hand and caught hold of the nearest sleeve. The man turned with a start, and he and Roberta stood for a minute looking at each other in silence. Then the silence was broken by them both. The man said, Here's a bloomin' go! And Roberta burst into tears. The other man said he was blue and well-blessed, or something like it, but though naturally surprised, they were not exactly unkind. You're a naughty little girl, that's what you are, said the fireman. And the engine driver said, Darling little piece, I call her, 
but they made her sit down on an iron seat in the cab and told her to stop crying and tell them what she meant by it. She did stop as soon as she could. One thing that helped her was the thought that Peter would give almost his ears to be in her place on a real engine really going. The children had often wondered whether any engine driver could be found noble enough to take them for a ride on an engine, and now there she was. She dried her eyes and sniffed earnestly. Now then, said the fireman, out with it. What do you mean by it, eh? Oh, please, sniffed Bobby. Try again, said the engine driver encouragingly. Bobby tried again. Please, Mr. Engineer, she said. I did call out to you from the line, but you didn't hear me, and I just climbed up to touch you on the arm, quite gently I meant to do it. And then I fell into the coals, and I'm so sorry if I frightened you. Oh, don't be cross. Oh, please don't, she sniffed again. Ah, oh, we ain't so much cross, said the fireman, as interested like. It ain't every day a little gal tumbles under our coal bunker out of the sky, is it, Bill? What did you do it for, eh? That's the point, agreed the engine driver. What did you do it for? Bobby found that she had not quite stopped crying. The engine driver patted her on the back and said, Here, cheer up, mate. It ain't so bad as all that here, I'll be bound. I wanted, said Bobby, much cheered to find herself addressed as mate. I only wanted to ask you if you'd be so kind as to mend this. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more. All at the end of the road